Welcome to New in Nashville. This is your host, Elam Freeman. I'm a commercial real estate broker and yoga instructor based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am a Nashville native who has spent time living in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. I have also traveled to all 50 states and visited nearly every U.S. metropolitan city bigger than Nashville. I am crazy about Nashville's growth and want natives, newcomers, and tourists to have the knowledge they need to keep up with our city's pace. In February's episode, we sit down to discuss Ave with co-founder John Howard. Ave has been coined as the Airbnb for creatives. It is a platform that serves as a resource to help photographers, musicians, filmmakers, dancers, artists, and event planners find and book inspirational locations. Prior to founding Ave, John spent nearly 15 years on the road as a musician, the last seven as a guitarist for Paramore. While producing a record on tour in uninspiring hotel rooms, he realized the need for Ave.com. In the interview, we discuss the fundraising process, operating and developing a digital platform that involves physical spaces cross-country, and how he has managed to obtain and retain such a passionate and talented team. Be sure to follow along with Ave as they roll out new cities and platforms at Ave HQ. Today we are here uh, with New in Nashville at Serendipity Labs in downtown Nashville. They have been generous to donate their co-working space and let us use their new recording uh, materials. <laughs> and um, awesome. So really excited, beautiful space, great views of all the boutique hotels on 4th Avenue North and um, thankful to them for letting us use their space. We're here today with John Howard, who was formerly a guitarist with Paramore and now is founder and CEO of Ave. Mm-hmm. and really excited mm-hmm. to hear his story and learn all about Ave from him. So without further thanks. ado, welcome, John. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Excited to have you yeah. on the show. Yeah, glad to be here. So... We'll just go ahead and jump right in. You're cool. from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What brought you to Nashville? Yeah, uh, well, from Pennsylvania, uh, I graduated high school, and this was in 2003. Um, and I, I auditioned. I, I was like playing in bands in, in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. Um, and those bands had kind of fizzled out. I was looking for something new, um, and uh, I heard about this opportunity with this band called Dismas. They were from what I thought was Los Angeles, California, but it was actually Palmdale, which is like up in the desert. <laughs> um, and I sent in like a VHS tape to audition. I literally like overnighted a VHS tape because this was, this was before like YouTube was maybe existed. Um, so I sent in an audition tape. Uh, I ended up getting like an uh, opportunity to like play with them in person, like try out. Um, so I sold like all my possessions, bought a one-way plane ticket, moved out there, um, ended up joining the band for like five or six years. Um, we were signed to a label in Nashville called Sparrow Records. It was like a part of EMI at the time. Um, and, uh, 
when that band ended, we all kind of migrated out here. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of like my weird path from, from Harrisburg to, you know, LA area to Nashville. Uh, and then, yeah. Awesome. And uh, tell us a little bit more about your career trajectory. Mm-hmm. What caused you to leave being a full-time performer and move into a tech startup world? Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so that was like, it was quite the journey because, you know, from, you know, when I moved here, I ended up, you know, getting the job with Paramore, which was awesome. I, I was there for six or seven years. Um, and amazing experience so that's kind of when this transition started like towards like it was the best years of my life like amazing people like such a cool job um and then I had this like idea for a startup it was like something I was uh, I was personally facing so uh, a little bit backstory uh, I was making records while I was on the road um I was making this one record in particular for the the drummer at the time, Paramore, Aaron Gillespie, um, and we were like in all these really cool places, like you know, uh, traveling like all over the place, obviously, and um, we needed to produce like video content around the record we were making. It was kind of like a like a spiritual kind of awakening record for Aaron. Um, so at one point, I was like trying to find. Uh, like a really cool cathedral for us to like shoot this thing and it was impossible um other times we were trying to find like warehouses or like cool living rooms even like and even though we were like in all these neat cities like I could not get access to these spaces so um I remember like one night in we were back in the states and we were in Dallas and I like woke up in the middle of the night and I was like I'm I'm gonna solve this problem um, so that's kind of like, I was still still with Paramore and like I, uh, you know, um, you know, finished out that tour, a few, like another year probably of touring while we were kind of developing what would become a VE. Um, so that planted a seed. And then also, uh, you know, shortly after that, my wife and I found out we were having a baby. So there's like all these kind of factors like, it, you know, that, that turned like, touring and like the best season of my life you know up until that point like into something that like kind of yeah my my heart started to change about it a little bit I didn't want to be a dad that was like away um also I knew that um you know as a VE took shape like we were going to need to be raising capital um and I knew in order to do that um I was going to have to make like some, some big moves. And so for me, like the, the biggest move I could make at that point was like quitting, like the coolest thing that had ever happened to me. So I was like, uh, like, yeah, literally it was, it was like a a slow process in a way, but the end kind of came abruptly. I like, I like drove over to Taylor, uh, York, like one of the guitarists house one day and just, I didn't even tell my wife, I just quit. Um, and this was like in between touring seasons and I just, I knew that's what I kind of had to do, you know? Um, no, And I, I don't regret it at all. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a scary thing, I, I'm sure, at the time. But yeah. you're already seeing it pays off so much if you just yeah. follow what your 
heart and dreams and diet tell you. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it totally. It was definitely a little scary, yeah. um, but it was m- like, you know, I was just like more, just really thankful for yeah. like everything that had been and excited about like what I didn't know yet about right. what was going to happen. You know? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. so with that, tell us a little bit more about Ave and uh, let our listeners know what you do. Yeah. Um, well, Ave is a, a marketplace for creative space rentals. So we allow um, people uh, creating content to like rent cool living rooms, warehouses, basements, venues uh, by the hour. Um, so it, you know, in a way it's like Airbnb for creative spaces. The difference is like with Airbnb, you're actually not even a, legally allowed to create content that you're going to monetize in those, you're, you're paying to spend the night. So right. we're kind of solving that problem making those places accessible for content creators, for events and things like that. So, um, there, and the, like the bigger vision really there is that, um, you know, we, we really want to be the ecosystem that kind of, uh, you know, facilitates all creation of content. And like an analogy for us maybe might be like the house of content, you know, we, right. we kind of, and we're, we're starting to kind of dive into that a little more. I'll save that for like a future question, but yeah. like, yeah, right now we're, we're focused on spaces and uh, there's some exciting things. Cool. How do you get the word out there both to the owners of the spaces as well as the artists who will be using the spaces? Yeah, uh, that, well, that's a great question. Um, it's like marketplaces are interesting because there are two customers, mm-hmm. like, like you've mentioned. Like, and that's one thing we just didn't, we didn't know going into it. We were, you know, um, but yeah, there's, uh, for the supply side, um, the way we started doing it was by just begging people to list their spaces, like give us a shot, let us fill like these hours in between your overnight rentals or your, you know, regular venue rentals. Um, and we actually started with four fake spaces. Um, and like, we're like, look, other people are doing it already here. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and that kind of just snowballed. Now we have a bit more of a process and we kind of know how to go after those. Liza Kowaler, who is, uh, was like one of our one of our first hires. Uh, she was actually one of our best hosts before we hired her. Awesome. Um, so she's really kind of taken uh, the process and refined it. And cool. Yeah. Um, people are usually pretty pumped about like making extra money on right. their space. So, um, and as far as like the other side, like the demand side, um, you know, there, it, it's really interesting. Like we really just tried to be like. Um, kind of a you know a good resource in whatever way we can to creative people. I, I really think there's there's the skepticism we have as creatives that is really really powerful. But if you're building a business around it, it's it's a challenge, right? Because it's like you need to like sell them like what you're doing. But at the same time, it's like we try to be really genuine about how we approach that and yeah. we're really just trying to be helpful like yeah. and and that kind of seems to work you right. know because that's that's our hearts like we just these are problems we face and we're just trying to kind of you know alleviate some pain that they might have um and so yeah we, it's a lot like i would say 75 percent of like our our business right now, right now is organic it's just people telling other people which is great yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. i know it's amazing 
how much value your network can have and how much value yeah. connecting the a platform or the ability or the network to connect people can really provide. Yeah. So and I think I when you have I was just talking to someone about this yesterday, but when you have that network or when you have that skill and the ability to connect people, sometimes it's easy to overlook because mm-hmm. it just becomes natural and just becomes a part of your life. But yeah. you guys are a perfect example of, I'm sure your connections in the music industry have been extremely <laughs> helpful in launching this and getting it off the ground. Yeah, well, I, yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I, th- I think initially we actually thought it was going to be slightly better, like, like this is going to be easier because of, like, all, the, all of our past. But the interesting thing is, like, most people are using it uh, for visual content creation. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, all the, like, the thing that we do have is that we understand creative people. Right. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, the music industry, especially at first, was just kind of like, I don't, like you, you're just trying to make like it easier to book a recording studio, and we're like, no, I know we're all musicians, but like, no, that's we're actually like mainly focused on like visual content, right? Um, so it's like, yeah, like the network helped as far as like gaining people's trust, mm-hmm. like people understand that we understand creatives, right? But yeah, that's kind of where it stopped. Yeah, <laughs> interestingly enough, yeah, no, for sure, and yeah. I think. Being able to bridge the gap between, you know, if I don't know if you're going to more individuals or developers mm-hmm. for their spaces, but being able to bridge that and be the middleman between those people and the creatives is yeah. also, I'm sure, a huge value add because yeah. sometimes it's like, I mean, those are two <laughs> very big powerhouses in Nashville music yeah. and real yeah. estate, yeah. but they can really run in their own spheres. Yeah. Oh, and they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's like, trying to marry those two worlds like that's the pain we're solving exactly yeah, yeah. and like we, we were just having like this happy hour event where people uh, it, it was just like just some really great creators in Nashville and we were kind of asking like how can we solve some more problems for you and um, it, like a resounding topic was that people want access to like yeah these these places that are even like under development or like places that are kind of like just sitting there abandoned that those are problems we haven't like been like we, we haven't been able to you know crack that yet right. but like i think yeah there's more problems to be solved in that area yeah so, yeah I, I think it's cool you identified it yeah so can you tell us a little bit more about what the capital raise was like and yeah. how had you gone through fundraising before and how did you know where to begin Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, for fundraising, uh, no, I had never done it before. It sounded like my worst nightmare because it's like you wake up every day and you ask people for money. And it's like that, like, that is everyone's least favorite thing to do. Um, that's how I initially approached it. And I was just like, man, I, like, this, is, this is tough. And throughout the process, I learned to love it. A big part of that was tech stars and like, figuring out how to kind of craft our story and our pitch and like, and really not just the pitch, but actually make our business something that was valuable to investors as well as the people we were serving. Um, so the process was, I, I originally started before Techstars, like in Nashville, knocking on doors, couldn't get anyone to, to even respond to emails or cold LinkedIn messages like ever um we went through tech stars 
uh, which is just like boot camp, you know, it's brutal. It's like, we all moved to Boulder, um, for like four months and, uh, you face a lot of your fears as far as like, you know, um, public speaking, like, you know, pitching like this, like really personal idea and getting like critiqued on it. Right. Like you, you, ref- you, we, we just went through so much refinement, such a short period of time. Um, and kind of came out on the other side with like a really solid pitch culminates in this thing called demo day. And so, um, we pitched the demo day and I like got off stage and I literally had, it's still like 500 or a thousand like investors, people of the community. I, I got off stage and I literally had like a couple emails from people like we, we'd love to invest like in, in, within my, you know, three minute pitch. Um, so that was really cool. Like we, we started to see momentum there and we end up raising almost all of our round in Colorado because of that. Um, and I'll just like, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I have a pretty strong opinion on, on Nashville and the startup scene and, and, and capital. Um, I definitely take like responsibility for not being able to successfully raise a lot of money here. But I also think it's like, I also think there's a real lack of capital for startups. I don't think every startup deserves it is what I'm saying, but I think, and I'm not even saying that we deserved it from these people, but my experience was like pretty negative, honestly, yeah. from uh, like, you know, and I would love to be a part of like changing that at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think in Nashville, the biggest problem is while there's money here, it's not going to diverse brands. It's, only going into healthcare and maybe healthcare tech. Yeah, totally. And you can hardly blame them, right? I mean, it's like, that's like, it's a great opportunity as an investor. Like, um, but I think, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I think we're ignoring a lot of what makes this city great. Um, is like creative people running businesses. Um, there's a real opportunity and I will, I'll actually call someone out here, Monique Via of Modern Capital, I don't know if you know her, but I really feel like she's changing the game here um, and, and really, like, you know, really doing her best. She's She has an organization called Modern Capital, but is also an investor with Mucker Capital out of L.A. So I think there's people like Monique coming into town now, really wanting to change things. Um, and I think there's an opportunity to, right? Because there's, like, cool people doing cool things that, that need need capital investment and have previously been overlooked so yeah yeah no I totally agree and it's a yeah it's an ecosystem and if we're just pouring money into only one sector who's only doing one thing then the others it's not going to be this Amazons aren't going to continue to come here and it's it's this whole um you know regardless of how people feel about that yeah there's a reason they chose Nashville and there's a lot of things that people thought it was going to make them look over such as lack of transit and but it's this i was listening to another podcast specifically on economic development they're doing a series on why amazon chose the cities it did they were talking about nashville just when you come here you have this feeling that is different than when you go to other cities whereas a lot of other cities there's a sameness about them and i think living here it's hard to see that from an unbiased view i don't really Mm -hmm. know how i feel about that I think from a certain perspective, I have a lot of critiques just because yeah. I continue to want the city to be better. Maybe yeah. as you do too. But yeah. 
Um, I just thought that was really interesting, but we aren't going to continue to have that if the entrepreneurs keep getting pushed out and it's only, the money's only going towards big business right. and um, more, I you know, healthcare, I think, is the thing yeah. that comes to mind just because it's such a powerhouse here. I agree. I agree, but yeah, I think our responsibility as a startup that has raised money from outside of Nashville is to keep our business running here. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the one way we were like, well, that's how we can help. Like, we're not gonna just be like, oh, we weren't able to raise money in Nashville, so business is over. Right. Like, you know, like for us, it's like, and I hopefully other startups are doing the same thing. It's like, go get the capital wherever you need to, bring it back, and like, let's, let's change it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you, are there other startups here that you feel like you could kind of join forces with in that movement? Yeah, I mean, definitely having like good conversations with like Eva Moore yeah. and Root Note, like really love those people and I think they're doing great things and we're all kind of like shoulder to shoulder on our capital raises and, you know, um, you know, trying to help each other where we can, I think. Yeah. yeah like I definitely, you know, have a, I tend to run in a small circle. I'm slightly introverted and uh, I'm hugely introverted. So like, you know, like I, I don't, I'm not necessarily doing everything I can to like rally this like, you know, national startup network together, but the people I do hang out with and talk to, like I've been awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know there's others out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there are, yeah. Fighting the good fight. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about your relationship with Zero G Capital and the other VC firms behind you. Um, I know we already talked about where the money, the physical location that the money is coming from but what is your kind of working relation now that you have money from them what's your working relationship look like Mm -hmm. are they involved in the day-to-day how often Mm -hmm. are you reporting to them um just would be curious to know what that structure is yeah that's a great question um well so we have a board and our board exists or or like consists of you know some of our investors and 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 zero g's a part of that um so we actually have a really regular cadence with their board because they're there. They're there to help, um, and they're, they've been extremely helpful. Um, you know, the, the early on, right? Like it wasn't this. Um, it, like there were a couple investors at Demo Day that were like, "Yeah, this is really interesting. We're in," but like, um, it wasn't that way with everyone. And um, we really. That's the interesting thing about being like former musicians and like starting a business is that. Everyone thinks it's really cool at first, and then they're like, "Like, okay, well, basically you have to make them forget that you were a musician <laughs> at some point. You know what I mean? Because there's all these <laughs> right. stereotypes stigmas, and yeah. like stigmas, yeah. Um, and so we worked really hard at that. We're like, yes, we understand creativity. We were musicians, but like we're data-driven. Like we're, you know, we're really like fierce operators. Um, and we had to prove that. So that, that was kind of our relationship with our investors is that they, you know, we had an initial like um, meeting and then they watched us operate for like two or three months. And, and we, we just hit goals. And, and when we didn't, we, uh, you know, understood why we weren't hitting them and um, just kind of proving to them, yeah, that we were going to be good stewards of their money. I mean, it was, it was difficult. So it was like, you know, all in all... Uh, you know, a year-long process for us yeah. to, to raise about a million dollars. So, yeah. 
Um, you so you're currently in Nashville, Portland, Chicago, Dallas, and Houston. Uh-huh. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and what reason did you choose those cities to launch in, and where are you looking in the future? Well, we we chose those cities um, somewhat haphazardly. I would say like we like Nashville was obvious. Uh, one of our founders was in Portland. Um, so when we were looking to do run some more tests, we're like, Portland kind of makes sense. And then Houston and Dallas we chose because, like, they're combined, like, the, si- the population size of, like, an L.A. I mean, they're, they're big cities, but they're not, like, uh, known for creativity. Mm-hmm. They're kind of more, like, just, you know, like, there's a lot of creative things happening there, but it's not like Nashville where you're like, oh, Nashville's known for music. Um, so we wanted to test out what we were doing and there's a ton of content being created there. So it's a, it's been like Dallas is our, our fastest growing city, um, on our platform, uh-huh. um, which is really wild to me cause I just would have never guessed it. So, yeah. um, yeah, so we're there we're, and, um, yeah, uh, future, obviously New York, LA, like those make a ton of sense. We just really want to make sure we have, uh, like our playbook Owned right before we go there, um, and then there's a there's a ton of other cities on our wish list. But yeah, eventually we'll we'll be everywhere. Yes, the idea is the yeah. goal to have someone on the ground, an employee on the ground in each place. Would that be ideal? That's what we're trying to figure out. Uh-huh. Um, we're, and we're kind of in the stage where we're allowed to be like I don't know. I mean, like ideally, no. Um, from a like I would. But if we need to be right, like if we're if we're not adding enough value unless someone's there, then then we'll be there. But like from a business perspective, I think it makes more sense that we could just have a single office and you know what I yeah. mean, like make make trips and like okay. or have ambassadors. Like totally. we're not exactly sure on the model yet, right? But and part of the reason I think a person on the ground might be important um, is we're adding people. Um, to our platform we actually launched it yesterday kind of covertly it's called Evade Pro and the idea is that um, it's for creative professionals so that if you're doing a photo shoot in Nashville we'll show you the best locations and then we'll show you the people you should be working with so like the best photographers stylists hair makeup lighting set design like you really make these people discoverable yeah. help, help out their burden of business development because like all creatives help hate business development pretty much it's like you know our our goal with them is really to do take more of the things that uh, off their plate that they don't like to do so they can do more of what they love you know that's why we all kind of got into creativity um it was like to be an engineer like or to actually like work on music and it's weird like the more as you know like the more your business grows it's like the less of your actual craft you get to do. Yeah. So we're trying to alleviate some of the, that pain for uh, creative professionals as well. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea. So if someone wants to be on your platform, do you guys hand select or do they come to you, pay a fee, or do you guys just get a cut of any business? It's totally free, and it's but it's invite only. Okay, um, gotcha. So, um, and the invites actually like we generated some initial invites and like the invites are actually being generated by the other creative professionals. Okay, so it's cool. like if you kind of got to know someone, if you want an invite, right. that's um, how we like our attempt to really keep it kind of top shelf. Right. And like, um, you know, I 
yeah, I think top shelf, that's really like, that's, that's a hard thing to determine, right? Like what's great and what's not. But like, I think, uh, yeah, people kind of like can suggest other good actors, you know, like right. that, that's really helpful for us rather than us like deciding who's, who's like worthy and not. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. kind of a collective. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So tell us about the music tech industry in Nashville and do you feel that it is saturated or prime for growth? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not actually sure about music tech because I don't feel like we fall into that category necessarily. I think we do partially, but we're like not really a music company. Um, but I think it's, I would guess it's prime for growth. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of transferable skills from like musician, especially like touring musician to business owner. Um, that's like, I, I don't know. Um, I don't even think they're like just uh, like, except like it, I don't even think they're just good enough. I think like musicians can be great at this, yeah. right? It's not for everyone, but um, for instance, like, our team were all previous, all the founders are previous touring musicians and we understand how to work together. Like this is super hard. And it's like, it, you know, it's very similar to, to living in a van with like smelly people. You know what I mean? Like we're <laughs> right. just like, we understand how to collaborate. We understand how to disagree and how to kind of continually come together. Um, and I think, that's a skill a lot of people in this town have. Yeah. Like, we understand how to, like, create together. And it's just not that much different than, you know, a startup. Um, in some ways. <laughs> in some yeah. ways, it's really different. But, um, yeah, so I feel like based on the, the talent and the skill here, it's prime for growth. Uh -huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been interesting to see. I mean, this is not startups, but just the music tech companies that seem to have a growing presence here. So Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, and I'm sure you know way more about all of that than I mm -hmm. do, but um, I just see them growing their presence and even in some cases opening up offices here. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be great. Yeah. I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what is in store in 2019 for Abe? I am, um, you know, more of kind of what we mentioned as far as like growing of a pro growing like our, our, our core business of spaces. Uh, we have a ton of things to figure out how to, you know, how to make it better. So we're just like constantly soliciting feedback from people who are using it. Like, so, you know, if you're listening and you're using it, please like email us, like let us know what we could be doing better. That's, that's what's on our radar. It's yeah. just the, kind of refine, make sure we're adding real value to, like, the creative community. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And you seem to have a pretty great team. How do you yeah. find and retain yeah. this talent? We have an awesome team. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just, I, I don't know if we can really take the credit for that. Like, the, uh, my co-founders, Josh, Nick, and Nick, um, are just like amazing people all previous touring musicians I think is super unique and that was just like man just like I really feel like that was providential for us like just like us all coming together um, 
And then Liza, like I mentioned, like she was one of our best hosts. We somehow convinced her to like come, you know, work with us. Uh, Emily Pulitzer is just like, uh, again, like an awesome creative person. She just joined our team. We have Maria Smith, who's a grad student, like a creative writing grad student, like helping us with content. I mean, she's brilliant. Uh, Addison Bean, another engineer who, yeah, and and like and Mike Johnson, who uh, like one one of our first employees. These are all like like Mike Johnson's literally like majored in physics and like he's working on our product as an engineer and like so we have like these yeah really really smart people um i honestly yeah i don't i don't really know how it happened other than it just was like kind of natural like or organic right like we try to create a cool environment and i think we're working on a neat like problem and people are are drawn to that and we're all just like yeah, working on it together. So moving forward, we're just looking for more of that, like more of the people who are interested in the problem or like super curious. Um, and I think if, yeah, it's kind of gut driven at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So moving into more personal questions, what does a day in your life look like? Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a neat question. I'm... Uh, I, so, you know, we're woken up by my daughter, usually uh, first thing in the morning. Sometimes that means five. Sometimes that means, you know, a little bit later. But, like, um, you know, she's definitely a priority. So, like, it's cool. Like, yeah, we, we play together in the morning. I chase her around. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're at the office. We're heading in um, and... Uh, you know, you, we're actually like not probably like the typical startup. Like we're really like nine to five, like at the office. Like we really want everyone to have a good, like balanced life. You know, I think everyone kind of does their best work when it's like there are like set hours and we're not like that startup that's like everyone's there till midnight and like, you know, hates their life. It's like, I think it feels pretty healthy and I, at five o'clock, I want to go see my wife and my daughter and um, and hang out with them until like eight o'clock because I'm 33 now and <laughs> I get tired really early. Um, <laughs> so that's that's pretty much a day in the life. Um, my role particularly like um, is kind of more and more big picture and just making sure we're all like we're a team of nine, which isn't huge, but it's, you know, it, it's big for us, right? And it's like just keeping nine people aligned towards like a singular mission and vision or what the goals are working on that day is, that's kind of my world. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And cool that you're displaying the 40 hour a week, like yeah. that's okay and you yeah. can still be successful because I think sometimes it's not even that people need to be there at midnight. It's just yeah. from comes from like, well, this is what we should be doing. Everybody else is... But you can have more focused and yeah. more attention if you are more balanced and moderate in your approach. I think so. so. I think so. And that's, like, very anti-me, actually. Yeah. Like, I would – I do – I think we all do, like, tend to, like, sneak in some work at, at night. You right. know what I mean? But, like, yeah, um, that's a stro- – like, that's something we kind of have to watch ourselves on. But, yeah. like, a family is a great way to kind of force yourself into yeah. – 
you know, that balance. Right, absolutely. So that's been good. Cool. Yeah. So any advice you would give to listeners who want to get into um, startup tech, anything mm-hmm. kind of that you've done in the last few years, what would you either do differently or what mm-hmm. have you learned that you would share with listeners? I, um, I would say startups are awesome. Um, make sure if you're starting one that you're a thousand percent passionate about it because you're going to need every single ounce of it. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, but um, it's incredibly creative, collaborative, exciting. And so I think specifically for any like musicians that I come across, I know like uh, a lot of touring musicians, right? Like, and you come to this like crossroads in your life and you're like, I'm either going to like keep doing this forever or I need to find something else. And for some people that's super clear what, what that next thing is. I would just encourage uh, people who are feeling like touring is the best thing you've ever done. Like there's, there are better things. Like it's hard to imagine when you're in Paris looking at the Eiffel Tower and you're going to play a show the next day, like life is going to get any better than that. But it, in my, like from someone who's on the other side, like it, it'll change, but like you can use a lot of those things you're learning for something like else. Yeah. It's totally transferable. So it's like, like, I don't know. Put yourself in a scary situation and, and try it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was really great to learn more about Ave and about your story and really looking forward to keeping in touch with you all and watching it with your future success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love what you're doing. I think this is super important. And yeah, thanks for caring about what we're doing. Yeah. It's of awesome. Course. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Please reach out to share your experiences with us by emailing newinnashvillepodcast at gmail.com. You can also sign up for our mailing list and access our social media at www.newinnashvillepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, please review and subscribe on iTunes and refer our podcast to a friend today. Thank you to Jared Anderson of Evergreen Productions for producing and engineering our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time. The music in this episode is provided by Carrie Ann Larson. She is a singer-songwriter who strives to write songs that people hear their own stories in. You can find her music, including her latest single, Fairweather Friend, on all digital platforms. Fairweather Friend